0: Byron, we are directly connected to all the major systems that are impacting our kids and families, you know, whether it's school, whether it's employment matters, whether it's around domestic violence, and so we're working with families that are still fleeing out of domestic violence, needing housing, and so we're even putting new families into apartments right now within the social distancing to be able to place them and provide safety for them. These partnerships are critical as we still connect in that kind of way and walk with our families.
1: Yesterday, April 1st, 2020, marked 50 years of loving children and families for Agape Child and Family Services right here in our city. Excited to celebrate this, Mark, with the President and CEO, David Jordan. David, welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint on Bot Radio. How are you doing?
0: Byron, thank you, brother. Uh, I am doing well. We are excited and very thankful for 50 years of service and anticipating the next 50. So thank you.
1: Well, David, since Agape began back in 1970, you are the fourth director, and so that's a story in itself.
0: Yes, I'm thankful. Uh, Byron, this is my 25th year at Agape. August actually will be 25 years. Uh, three gentlemen before me, Boone, was the very first director. He's actually the brother of Pat Brew. Uh Kind of a fun fact. Are you
1: serious? I think I forgot that. Yeah. My mom lived in a children's home in Nashville, Monroe Harding, Pat Boone went to Hillsboro High School. Her sister actually was a friend of Pat Boone's. That's kind of funny.
0: Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Well, and I worked at Monroe Harding back early in my career. So uh, th- this is funny, just the, the ways he's got weeks passed together. <laughs> so so Nick was the very first director, and he was here for eight years. Then he went back to Nashville and led a ministry there. So we have a rich history.
1: My goodness. There's also a lot of history, of course, a lot of people who— Help lay the foundation of Agape. I was thinking about the couple Jerry and Carol Lee. They were kind of the founding foster parents, weren't they?
0: That's right. That's right. Uh, Jerry and Carol, just a deep heart for children and families. Of course, numbers of people on, on listening today will remember that Agape, for our first 25 years, exclusively served in foster care and adoption. We still serve in that capacity. We've gone into the communities that our kids and families live in, well, Jerry and Carol, back in the 60s, uh, cared for several children. One that uh, Carol will talk about, his name's Johnny, who's three years of age in the 60s. And just Carol just comes to tears when she tells the story every time. And just the needs that Johnny had, uh, the needs of his parents, his family, and even for Jerry and Carol as, as parents, foster parents of Johnny, just their needs. And so so that experience and just that, that just real hardness led them to say, we've got to start a ministry and organization. Uh, and so Agape began in 1970, and Jerry and Carol were very foundational, uh, clearly founding members, and then we even have now the Jerry and Carol Lee Legacy Society for those that want to give long-term through their estate in their name and their honor.
1: That's a wonderful way to serve and care for families And as you mentioned, these first 25 years, primarily focusing on foster care and adoption. But you have gone into the community. You're actually serving probably over 1,500 families right in their neighborhoods. Fraser, Whitehaven, Hickory Hill.
0: That's right. That's right. While I've been here, I just began uh, putting on my heart and my board and others that while serving in the very same mission, serving largely the very same families, rather than waiting for them to come into foster care. And there is a time, and I'm a social worker, there is a time where foster care and adoption clearly is needed. But 98%, 99% of the families uh, never enter into that system or don't need to stay in that system or even don't need to long-term. And so we've gone into those communities, as you mentioned, Fraser, Whitehaven, Hickory Hill, put those together, about 50% of all kids in Shelby County that come into foster care live in those communities prior to coming into a child welfare system. And so Agape staff are embedded in apartments, uh, in the, all the schools the kids go to. Uh, we have deep partnership with churches. Pursuit of God Church and Apostle Floyd is a deep partner with us. Yes. Frazier. Uh, so ranges of other ways that we're just embedded so that we're first relational with our families. Just as Jesus went into the neighborhood, John 1, we we've gone into the neighborhood. We've been doing this now for over 11 years. Be going to place that people live, hear their voice, and be able to, to respond. And so, so we have a wraparound poverty reduction model. We're trying to uh, address poverty at all levels, economic at all levels, um, for our families.
1: What I love about this, David, is you kind of go into these communities, not just setting up a ministry and say, "Hey, here we are. We're going here to serve you." You went in first with ears and open hearts and listened to the people.
0: I appreciate you saying that, uh, Byron. Uh, My board back in 2008-2009 made a declaration that was very important and said we will no longer seek funding, we'll no longer go on a radio show, we'll no longer do anything that that would invite the community to be involved, whether as donors, volunteers, prayer partners, church partners, corporate partnership partners unless it comes directly from our community. And, and, and our community uh, and what they say is most important and what is most the barrier in your way really of being successful. And what our families have said, if you want to help, safety and the trauma our families live in, education and the education of our kids is a critical matter. If you want to help you know, around employment and, and helping around a job, if you want to help about housing and family stability, and then just in the center that, Byron, was do we have a sense of hope and hopefulness? Um, and so our engaging with churches in the faith community has been critical in this work as we listen to
1: the voice of our family. Keith, when people are looking for hope and when you see that only 3 to 5% of those living in poverty will ever escape from their poverty, mm-hmm. that's staggering.
0: Yes, and so that is a truth that not a lot of people know that, as you said, only three to five percent of our families living in poverty in Memphis, it's true in almost every other urban community, but especially in Memphis, ever escape poverty into prosperity. That has been an astounding belief that, uh, in a sense of hope today, what does life look like today in my life, and what does life look like tomorrow in a sense of eternity. We move the people of poverty by just one percentage point a year. For the next 10 years, and that being economic, and this now being our third year that we have uh, done a deep-out evaluation of our work, uh, first year we saw a movement of 3%. Second year was 4%. This past year, we saw 6.3% of our families move out of poverty. Wow,
1: what a great number.
0: It is, but, but there's still much to be done. And
1: let's kind of bring this into some practical terms for our listeners today. Yeah. Uh, over 400 families are in need of food. If you take a family of four, that equals 1,600 mm-hmm. people needing three healthy meals a day equals 4800 meals a day and that's just for 400 families
0: that's right and so our staffs in this time of covid 19 and social distancing agape is completely honoring that so we're not office getting to office but we are still very engaged in the mission so my staff are connectors they connect with our connectors are engaging with their families by phone by text FaceTime, you know, all kind of ways, continuing to walk alongside in that way. And we've asked, what are your needs? So we literally have 421 families as of last Friday, who said food is an immediate need right now for our families, and we are very concerned about that. Folks are giving funding, and we're having food delivered directly to their doorstep, so that we're not sending our families out and to be negatively impacted in this COVID-19 period. Food is a critical need, right? Well, yeah,
1: and I was wondering how you were adapting your services in light of COVID-19, so that's just one example right there.
0: Yes, and so, so we, we are being very intentional with that. we got great partners like Neighborhood Christian Centers and, and others, and so nonprofits, you know, partnering with churches that are reaching out to us saying, how can we help? We've had numbers of individuals. So when you quantify, I mean, we've asked basically three questions. One is, you know, what about immediate needs, food, uh, and the like, utilities, housing, right? Now, food is number one. We have 421 families that are saying that is a need. Our kids are out of school, and, and understandably and rightfully so, but that also just highlights just the need education for our kids. And Shelby County Schools and others are doing a great job of trying to help bridge that gap. We have 359 of our families that say we cannot have a computer device and or we don't have connectivity to be able to help our kids at school right now. If they could listen to somebody tutoring and you know providing lesson. and so so we're we're working hard on that right now. And then as of Friday, we had 113 of our families, and we believe it's grown since then. But 113 of our families who have said our income has already been impacted, loss of job, loss of income. You add all that up together. Yeah. Our families about four hundred, little over four hundred thousand dollars that we're trying to secure for our families because we know exactly what they're saying, what their needs are, and so we're trying to to walk with them well in that kind of
1: way. Well, David, you alluded to the partnerships that you have developed. I know since you began back in nineteen seventy, those. Mm-hmm partners have become even more dear to the ministry. You've got 100-plus right now. It says a lot. The community cares. The community wants to stand with you to serve these families.
0: Byron, we are directly connected to all the major systems that are impacting our kids and families, You know, whether it's school, whether it's employment matters, whether it's around domestic violence. And so we're working with families that are still fleeing out of domestic violence, needing housing. And so we're even putting new families into apartments right now within the social distancing to be able to place them and provide safety for them. These partnerships are critical as we still connect in that kind of way and walk with our families.
1: David, as we reflect, what are some personal highlights for you since you took the helm as president and CEO?
0: Mm, Gracious question. I'm thankful for a board that would say, we are going to stay true to our mission, but we know the programs may have to change because the needs of our families are going deeper around the needs of our families, may impact who we are as an organization. Not all nonprofits uh, can have that kind of flexibility, and I am thankful for a board that would say that. It has borne much fruit. I'm thankful for the deepening partnership with uh, churches like Apostle Floyd with Pursuit of God and Fraser. My goodness, we have what we call a covenant relationship together. And so holistically wrapping around and serving people in the name of Jesus. So whether I need a job, whether my kids need help in school, what does it mean around my soul, my salvation, who I am in faith and hope? And so all of that working together. I'd say, frankly, Agape has gone even deeper in that way. Always been a Christian-based organization, but we've even gone deeper in that way. And In the last year, we Agape was recognized as the nonprofit of the year, by WKNO and City Current for an agency of our size, and so just thankful for some of those recognitions and acknowledgments. But most of all, just as we're seeing God move, and and I do see a movement of God, even in light of or in spite of this COVID-19, of how He's moving, especially in impoverished, under-resourced communities.
1: That's a great word there, definitely, David. What do you believe that Agape does best?
0: Mm, What do we do best? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I think we listen to the voice of the people. We try to hear deeply God's Word and who He is, and we try to be a bridge and a convener for the services, the ministry, and the work to occur between those two. And so we have gone deep in that place, being able to measure, being able to be about life transformation and heart and being completely committed. My board committed an 18-year plan to this very work three years ago, saying this is our work. We're not confused by, we're not questioning what our work is to be about. We're not questioning our identity as an organization. We are clear of the work God has given us. And so staying about that and continuing to go deeper with our families.
1: And what would you like to do better?
0: What would I like to do better? I mean, there's always places of improvement. We're always, matter of fact, uh, PQI, performance quality improvement. We're always saying, how can we be better? And so what does it look like uh, to engage and connect with the body of Christ even at a deeper, more intimate level? Pastor Dan Henley is our Director of Faith Formation Engagement doing a beautiful job around that. So what does that look like to go deeper with the body of Christ? What does it look like? Uh, to have some of the very best evidence-based practices that uh, we know move the needle in putting those together. It's very unusual, frankly, in the the faith community to go deep in evidence-based practices and go deep in faith in life and community transformation.
1: And I think, too, the partnership being a parachurch organization, but the church still seeing the essential needs that you're meeting and how you can partner with a local church, I think it's phenomenal.
0: Most often, churches, okay, here's the immediate need, like today. We have need for food. And churches and groups respond to that very well, and we still have that need. Being able to think beyond that, and what does it mean, uh, rather than meeting just the immediate needs, those need to be met. But, what does it look like to do development and go deep in acclaiming communities at a, at a deep level? And yeah. so what does that begin looking like? and so so, we're really trying to go deep there and do that with churches and our partners.
1: How do you build leadership in the communities where you're serving?
0: so we we first hear their voice, uh, we first connect, connect relationally, and so we we are a decentralized model, meaning my hundred and twenty staff are embedded in the communities, and so where our people live, where they go to school, work, where they go to church, we're in those communities. And so you've got to be in relationship. Uh, and then we begin walking. We we um, with, mentioned Apostle Floyd with Families Matter, others around uh, man and fatherhood development. Uh, with mothers, we have and, and children, uh, we have uh, different models and programs of of helping, support, and grow them. And then within our advocacy, we are beginning to lift up and say, "You have your own voice. How can we help you amplify your own voice around matters not only for yourself, your family, but matters that really are impacting this community? Uh, laws and practices are being made by others, and others in power um, that may or may not be helpful to you. And so, really trying to amplify that. And so, so we're moving deeper in. The area of advocacy, uh, theologically, we'd say yeah, how, to, how to be a prophetic word to our community. And that coming, as Isaiah 61 would talk about, from the oaks of righteousness, the very people of the community, the very people being impacted, being the very oaks, to be able to speak on their behalf.
1: Oh, that's a great word. And when you talk about helping people in these communities take possession mm, uh, mm. of this, you're there, as you say, being the ears and the heart to listen and the support that they need mm-hmm so that they see there is a hope, but this is a hope that they can reach out for and they can actually take possession of.
0: Yes, yes. And so so we're seeing some of that movement occur. There's still a long ways to go, but we're seeing just bright spots of that happening. And, and it is within these multiple partnerships that we're in and just the beauty of that. And So Bellevue Church, who says, you know what, we support Apostle Floyd in pursuit of God so much so that, that we want to see that they have a facility In Frasier, they could even enhance their work. Pastor Steve doing that kind of work and that kind of commitment, and Apostle Floyd now having a new facility to expand his work. I mean, those are the kind of things that are happening on the ground that are rather phenomenal.
1: That is just so incredible. That's really where the church needs to step up in building these relationships, as we talk about not coming in and dominating these communities, Mm -hmm. but coming in to serve Pastor Steve was on the program a couple of weeks ago and we talked about that. What a special moment to say, "Here Ricky Floyd, we believe in what God's doing in you and here's a building for you to continue your ministry."
0: Yes, and so when Pastor Steve and his team came out last summer to see Apostle uh, Floyd and Ricky's work in the team and Agape in partnership and and that, you know, that just led to just numbers of conversations between uh, Pastor Steve and Apostle Floyd. And and I mean, this has been a beautiful moment where uh, Bellevue would say, you know what, we believe Apostle Floyd can lead the work, and now the building that we've owned in Frasier can be better used and utilized for Kingdom's sake by Apostle Floyd and his work the very first Sunday, which was about a month ago, and I was there They had over five hundred people in that building. They've never had that many people in that building. There were Byron, there were nearly one hundred salvation decisions and commitments made that day.
1: Oh but we've seen a move of God never before. So all working together, there are some really bright spots occurring. And when you look at all this diversity we're talking about, is there one thing that you attribute the diversity? Of the way agape does ministry,
0: Uh, you know Paul's real clear that that uh, God has already created unity out of Ephesians four, and it's our job to keep the unity of the Spirit. Um, And so, so it is already there, and so it's claiming, it's being with each other, it's uh, having conversations that can be hard conversations around race and racism, which is just part of the part of our Memphis story largely, uh, and not being able to not dodging from that. And then saying, where do we come together in commonness? Where does your vision and my vision that God has given both, where do they intersect that really become a deeper vision of what God's trying to accomplish if we work together? And so I think our partnership with Apostle Floyd, Bellevue, uh, there in Fresno, that's just one example of where God has intertwined His spirit of unity and has borne out of that something nobody else, nobody would have imagined to occur.
1: Well, the Bible says, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Give some praise to God for things. I mean, we've been doing this through this whole time on the air already, but mm. let's give some praise to God for things he's done through agape these past 50 years. What are some things that stand out to you?
0: Oh, my, um, so many. What what, what do I point to? Uh, I think being, uh, first of all, that, that God would see agape as a tool, as one of many, a tapestry but a tool and a vessel to be able to work in and through. We're not perfect by any means, but being it, being just God saying yes, I will use you and be a part, and you will be a part of my will and my story is praising of itself to see the the continued how God's word is continuing to shape who Agape is and going deep in community. And so, so we're not being driven by kind of the practical. This is what makes sense, or here's kind of the movement of the day. We're we're really going deep in Scripture and saying, okay, God, who are you? And out of that, who is Agape to be in this tapestry of work in Memphis? Through that, we have seen thousands of people served. Uh, our, our, our homeless program, now the largest in the city, so will serve 450 families who are homeless, most of them fleeing out of domestic violence. We've talked about the poverty reduction, 6.3% of families just in the last year, moving beyond the line of poverty when only 3 to 5% ever move beyond poverty in their lifetime. Uh, we've seen just some phenomenal—we're uh, serving 1,200 kids in the 16 schools K-12 to our kids go to. They are overall outperforming their peers in their very own school. We're seeing employment. 38% of our adults that we're working with have jobs making $15 an hour or more. And then Apostle Floyd's church, there now have been nearly 500 people since last January, January 2019, over 500 people who have put on the name of Jesus or have come back to Jesus through our partnership in the work of the body of Christ there in Fraser.
1: <laughs> David, it is all glory to God. Thank him for his goodness and how he has using agape. Well, how has leading this organization deepened your personal relationship with Jesus Christ?
0: That's a great question. Uh, I'm an elder in my church. Uh, There's something about being in Scripture, and then you go out and try to live it, you know, hear the Word, do the Word. God has just taken me. When when I started with Agape, I would have never guessed, never even written a script that 25 years later we're doing what we're doing, and what we're doing is beautiful. God has just allowed me to be on the journey, so He's deepened my heart uh, for the poor and those in poverty. Uh, Scripture speaks a lot about justice and righteousness, those two words are linked together in the Old Testament, and they flow to the New Testament. and just God's deep heart. Uh, Psalms even talks about justice and righteousness are, are the foundation of His kingdom. God has just taken me deep in His heart around that. What does it mean to speak out on behalf of Proverbs 31, uh, 8 and 9? Uh, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And so what does it mean to speak truth to power around how our our families? you know, what are the barriers and in the, in the matters that that uh, are negatively impacting them exactly where they live? And so, so he has deepened my heart and my passion in that kind of way.
1: I love that, David. I was just thinking about Job. Usually when we think about the story of Job, we think about the great trial that God carried him through losing everything. But before all that happened, he was known in the city gate. He was known to be one who blessed uh, widows and orphans, and he took care of people in the community. He was a man of righteousness, you know. And that's really why I think Satan wanted to test him the way he did. But we as followers of Christ have that same obligation, I believe, to do right, do justice in our communities.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. I mean, Micah six 6.8 uh, is a passage that Agape has been living in and through for the last two years. Do justice and to love deeply, love mercy, and to walk humbly that passage in Micah the prophet speaking that out and he aligns himself with many other prophets and throughout scripture and even Jesus and so uh so so we believe that is a significant heartbeat of who God is and what he is seeking and, he, and as I would say saying, what's you worship if you're not caring for the least of these. Hmm. And so so we're really trying to help engage churches and others and Agape trying to live it out ourselves of how do we walk with those that are most marginalized and do it in a way that honors God and really is in a sense of worshipfulness to Him.
1: Well, David, I know your heart's desire is to be able to take the agape model that you're using here so successfully in our community and take it outside to other areas. Have you seen that take place yet, or you are you still trusting God for that?
0: Yeah, we sense that we're probably a year or two years away from that, although we are being asked quite often, Byron, can you bring this to other communities in Memphis? Uh, I was even asked by a state senator, Earlier this year, David, could you bring your model and come to different places in the state of Tennessee? We've got a sister organization in Oklahoma City. They're already starting to use some of our, our work right now, and, and so, so there, there's some national kind of sense early on. But we do believe that is the, the next major step for us, of being able to take this kind of work and how to do it alongside a church or churches as we're doing it. And so bringing the very best practices Do it in the name of Jesus. Do it within the context of the body of Christ and kingdom come. So that is coming. Uh, We keep going deeper in Fraser, Whitehaven, and Hickory Hill, but we believe that is a next step for us.
1: Well, is the COVID-19 concerns right now limiting your volunteer training? Are you still able to use a volunteer base for the services you have in the community?
0: You know, it, it has limited us. Uh, we're, we're trying to be very honoring of, of social distancing and almost all of our volunteer efforts really are very practical and personal and engaged. Uh, some people, you know, would want to still give some items. Obviously, there, there's some, some uh, nuances to even be able to receive items for obvious kind of reasons around COVID-19. Uh, right now, we're saying if you want to you want to partner with us right now, the best way, most people would almost expect this, but the best way is if you can give financially, that's right now the best way because we will get food and supplies and what's needed to our families and honor social distancing. And then as we move beyond hopefully this COVID-19 pandemic and crisis, people being able to be personally engaged and involved uh, that will come again.
1: And how can we discover more about agape and how can we make contributions financially to the ministry right now?
0: Go to our website, it's agape, a g a p e means love, all one word, agape means love.org and you'll see the donate button. You could also text agape 2020 and then you can put type in 41444 and then at that point you'll be prompted so you can do it through your phone. Where you can do the website agape means love.org.
1: david jordan god bless you my dear brother it's always a pleasure to have you on mid-south viewpoint here on bot radio network thanks for sharing the agape story of 50 years we celebrate with you and give praise to god for the great things he has done
0: amen amen thank you my friend i appreciate you much
1: well friends that's all the time we have on this edition of mid-south viewpoint thanks for stopping by i'm byron tyler we'll talk to you next time bye-bye